Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls' perspective. I am the head hauntress. We have an amazing show for you tonight. Uh, we always say that, but I really honestly do. We're going to talk about the beginning of convention season, folks. It's upon us with a bang. I can't believe how much is happening. We're going to have three or four previews of several media cons across the United States. And then we're also going to have a live call-in tonight from South by Southwest, a new sexy witch to talk to, and she'll call in probably around 9.15 tonight. After that, we're going to have a nice leisurely conversation about costuming, but then things get really interesting as one of my top geek girls, uh, fans girls, oh my God, I'm so excited to have her on the show. Uh, Sarah Tross, the costumer of the SP, will be on the show tonight to talk about her career, her family, and of course, the crowdfunding campaign for the SP2 Beats of Rage. So, but first, let me introduce my sexy witches. My first sexy witch, she lives in Clifton Forge, Virginia. She is a huge fan of the Marvel Universe and horror films. And you can often see her at the local horror cons in the eastern seaboard. She's often also my partner in crime in all of these things. So please welcome to our show my first sexy witch co-host, the sexy porn witch Erin Marie. How are you doing, sweetie? Oh, I'm doing really good. Especially after the new Civil War trailer that dropped this week. Well, uh, oh, yeah, the one with uh, Spider-Man, right? The one with Spider-Man, yes. There was Ant-Man was in there, and I'm pretty sure I saw Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Ah, you know, it's got a, it, we have a, there's a lot of geek movies talking about. Matter of fact, in the community calendar tonight, there's an elephant in the room. Huge movies coming out in the next couple of weeks. Got to talk about that, but we'll talk about that later because <laughs> we got a lot more to talk about before that. So let me introduce my next sexy witch. My other sexy witch co-host lives in Eugene, Oregon. She is a staff writer for Living Dead Magazine, a published author and aspiring filmmaker. She is a live action role play cons- uh, participant all over, whenever she can. You can usually find her at Gen Con or other conventions of the of gaming types. And please welcome to our show my very sexy werewolf, sexy witch, uh, Queenie Todd. How you doing, girl? Oh! I'm heavily medicated, but okay. <laughs> okay. That, you know, that I was better than your, your house. So it was all good. Oh, man. 
it's always an alarm. Like you, you know, well, you I'm a barbarian. So I'm a badass. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, great. So, um, uh, Queenie, I have a big announcement for you. And um, I wanted to bring the, yes, I wanted to bring this up at the top of the show before I bring my next other guest host on for the, for the hour. Um, I heard word this afternoon from Crypticon Seattle. Sweetie, you're going. Woo! Yay! I'm going to meet Tony Todd! So you better get that back better. Oh, it'll be better by then. Don't worry. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, that's in May, and I got two passes, so you can bring Ben with you. And uh, as long as he is my photographer, everything's cool. So, Ooh, yeah. uh, so happy day on that. So I thought you'd really, really be happy. So that was my big announcement. I found that out. I had a really weird day, a lot of ups and downs, but the, the definitely one of the ups has been the podcast. I've had a lot of really good things happen with it, and that was so exciting because now all three of us have – now officially have press passes. We are officially journalists, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! Sexy witches rule. All right. <laughs> My degree paid off. <laughs> oh yeah. As long as you work, remember you're there to work. I'm twirling my shirt off. in my hair. Work your ass off. And also, I can tell you, Billy Pond, the, uh, the Circus of the Dead director, he's screening his film there. So make sure you see it while you're there because he's going to be on the show in May as well. So uh, awesome. Yeah. So coincidence? Yes, but awesome anyway. <laughs> so now I have one more, per- two more people on the line. First of all is my L.A. correspondent, which is Aaron Kogan, and he's on there. How you doing, cuz? Doing well. Doing well. So uh, he's going to be on tonight to talk about his doings in the uh, Anaheim, L.A., San Diego area. And then I have one other sexy witch on the line, and she was on for the first time two weeks ago, and her name is Bonnie, my sexy vampire witch of the north upstate New York. So welcome to the show, please. Bonnie Nat Pavone, how you doing, girly? Hey, salutations, sexy witches. Oh, you can't beat that. Sexy Vampire Witch of the North. (laughs) You guys are doing better. Ripping it up. Crypticon. Go, Sexy Uh, Witches. Go. One day. One day, Bonnie. We're going to have a duel. Werewolf versus Vampire. We're not going to duel. We're just going to make love or something. It's just going to look like aggressive to everybody else. That is pretty true, actually. We're going to love it. They're going to be like, they're dying. Help them. We're going to be like, we're fine. What are you talking about? We're fine. It's like clean on sex. It looks like they're beating yeah, on each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you don't you don't need the the crazy forehead though. It's okay. You can leave that. On the door. Well, yeah, I'm a primal lover. Know. I'm a primal lover. <laughs> I was okay with warped okay ridges. They wouldn't have bothered me that much. So I don't know. I always I always found it um especially funny when no it's it's not a racial thing, it's really not. Clans are just naturally dark skinned, so whenever they'd hire like a Caucasian person and try to turn them into a Klingon, I'd be like giggling like that's not a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh before we get into our convention talk, and uh, I'm gonna lead off with um Aaron on the West Coast for that. I did want to mention that you might have heard at the top of the hour that the music changed thirty seconds in, and that was the string version of Eleanor Rigby. There's a very specific reason why I played that particular cut. Great because choice. this year it's been a really shitty year for middle aged British icons. I will tell you that hmm. right now. 
And uh, another one passed this year, and that was George Martin, the Beatles producer, uh, which really, if it wasn't for his production on on Sgt. Pepper's and a few other cuts, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they would be the sound or the influence they are today. Eleanor Brigby, the reason why I played that was because that was his choice to put the strings in. He did that. That mm-hmm. was him. He, it was one. Of, uh, he did really produced two songs in particular that changed everything and I will play I played Elmore Rigby and tonight I'll play the final cut that he did the most work on at the end of the show so mm. I just want to throw it out to you guys How do, uh, I know some of you are Beatles fans and some of you are not but I was going to say I know mm-hmm. that Bonnie is acknowledged George Martin's dad um, and so yeah. uh, how, do, how do you guys uh, once again we lost another person what is up yeah. with 2016 I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. Maybe we've just reached the time where, because, you know, Hollywood's been growing over the years. So maybe we've just finally reached a time where there are enough celebrities and stuff out there that at any given year there's just going to be a, a bunch dropping. I don't, that's I, I hope that's all, I hope that's all it is because otherwise, cause otherwise it's like, what the what? No, yeah, I remember. Right. I remember when I was in high school, there was like the same kind of growth period where we lost yeah. uh, Kurt Cobain and Jerry Garcia yeah. and yeah. Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know there was like a whole bunch dropping off right around that time frame. Yep. Likewise, I remember coming home after after school in high school and, and just laying on on the carpet on the floor and the the clock just ticking and just looking at the ceiling and laying there with my boyfriend, who's my husband now, and we're just like, what? The fuck. Yep. It blew all of our worlds apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about and Jim. Jim Henson was the one that did that for me. Oh, so, yeah. oh that was before yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, big but, um, mm-hmm. same time frame. I, mean, I, yep. I, I felt like I These had to say good. something. You know, it, the Beatles are so important to me in my life. I mean, I walked down mm-hmm. the friggin' idol to the Beatles. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, oh, you know. Yeah, so I I really rest in peace, George Martin. You made the world a better place, absolutely. So yeah, he, um, he did. He did. Really weird. My favorite band of all time, and when people Should ask be. me why, I say because they did everything, every possible everything music. They they were pioneers and pushed it forward so far, yeah. and everything they did was just mm-hmm. the best. They were the yardstick for everyone else who followed after. Now, without yeah, them, we wouldn't have, uh, like, the monkeys if, if mm-hmm. a hard day's night hadn't existed, you know? We wouldn't so even we have typo-negative the way that we have t- had, had typo-negative. Exactly. They, um, yeah. A lot of people yeah. didn't realize, but they were totally. Input. And every time I go to see them, before every fucking show, um, that crazy George, oh, God, the George one, it's like, um, Tomorrow Never Knows, they would always play that before a show. You'd always hear it play mm. at some point behind it was awesome. But, yeah, George Martin, he did push them. That was the wonderful thing. And it's so weird that this happened because I just got my husband to to watch some, like an older Beatle um, documentary. Just I think it's just called The Beatles. And it was the first documentary by them about them mm. that I saw. And it, it kicked me off. It got me going crazy. It was around maybe 91, 92. And after that, it was just like all Beatles all the time. And I was explaining to my husband, I was like, well, watch this. And, you know, just listen to this guy. I'm like, and I'm like, he really challenged them and he pushed them and he provided opportunities for them to to be creative and kind of have a, you know, a, 
a competitive but a healthy competitive situation, you know. And it was well, very clear watching them work together. So that was just a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm like, oh my gosh. So. And it was mm. last week he died. I mean, it was just happened. Uh, so I know we have some happier we have some happier things to talk about. But I did want to acknowledge his death first. But let's start with Aaron on the West Coast. We're going to start with you, and mm-hmm. you have a convention you're about to head to. As a matter of fact, it is called WonderCon, and it's the sister convention for San Diego Comic Con. Can you explain a little bit about it and what you're about to see? Absolutely. WonderCon is exactly as you say, the uh, sister or little brother, however you want to describe it, of the San Diego International Comic Con, the first and still the biggest. Um, WonderCon was originally uh, based in the Bay Area and smaller and more focused on the books and the publishing, the comic books. Uh, It's since changed. It's now much more media TV and movies, and, and and it's gotten a wrap the past couple of years, a baby Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, and that's pretty accurate. Uh, we were blessed to have it in Anaheim the past two years. This year, we're moving to Los Angeles. We'll see how that works out with everything. Uh, but there are so many cool things planned for this year's WonderCon on the docket. Uh, I, having a love of science fiction, fantasy, uh, TV and movies, that's where my focus is. Um, But there's also some comic book stuff I'm looking forward to. Uh, We were just talking before the show started up, there's going to be a panel on Universal Studios' new attraction, The Walking Dead. Uh, Previously, The Walking Dead has been uh, a feature of not Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. And um, the last one, which I actually went to, was Wolves Not Far. There's been nothing other than there's going to be a Walking Dead attraction at Universal, and it's going to be this summer, all we know. So I'm very interested to see what we're going to learn at the panel there. A lot of upcoming TV shows are going to have panels as well. Uh, there's one called Houdini and Doyle that could be fun. What looks maybe a little cheesy, but I might have to check it out anyway. Um, it, it's exactly what you think it is. It's Harry Houdini and uh, the author of Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who in real life actually were friends, but uh, now, of course, they've Paired up to solve mysteries because hey, you do when you're on TV. Like you're the devil, and you're in Los Angeles, you you, you solve mysteries. Um, I wish Hollywood would get over that, but anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, it could be fun. I I don't know. Uh, it's uh, a British import, and it's going to be shown on Fox here. And uh, I, I guess the Brits have already seen it or the pilot because the Guardian had a, a review of it that said it was pretty cheesy. But I, I've got my fingers crossed. We'll see if that's any fun or not. Um, All right. We have the upcoming uh, series Damien based on the, uh, the main character from the Omen Cycle. Uh, that's going to be on A&E. 
And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see the Antichrist get his own TV show. I mean, of course, besides Donald Trump's appearance with other news. Am I right, Sensi Witches? Sorry. Um, A&E has not had a good track record with their shows of late. So, fingers crossed to see what they do with Damien and the Antichrist. Kind of weird. Uh, we've got Shadow Hunters, uh, which just got renewed for season two. I've got to say, uh, that just got renewed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. That's, that's got its panel um, based on the, the Mortal Instruments series of books. Uh, very popular. Um, I'm going to be escorting a couple of friends of mine from Germany around, one of whom is a huge fan of Orphan Black. So I promise you I will be at that panel, whether I want to or not. But um, let's see. uh, On the things that are not yet out, we also have Thunderbirds or Go, which is uh, a a revamp. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Of an ancient Puppet Nation show from way back uh, I, I, You know, people always try to recreate Jerry Anderson, and it never works. Never works. You cannot recreate really? Jerry Anderson. It's not that it was good. I don't think those puppet shows, Milton, Captain Scarlet, any of them were good. It was just kind of a thing. But people try to do America, it, and it never... Yeah, it never quite works out. <laughs> <laughs> it comes, it comes oh, off easier than what we originally awesome. Okay, Team America is the exception to the rule, but they're actually making fun of Jerry Bruckheimer. So there's a lot more going on there. Uh, so uh, <laughs> but, uh, we'll talk more about WonderCon as we continue on this conversation, but I'm going to move it on to Bonnie because, okay, first thing, Aaron, what's the dates on WonderCon real quick? Uh, WonderCon is coming up to the end of the month. It's over the Easter weekend. So it'll, it'll yeah, be so March 25th, 26th, and 27th. So there's plenty of time to still go if you want to. Um, Cinema Wasteland is going to be also in the week after that, the first week in April, and Bonnie is going to attend. And she goes, this is actually, I believe, I haven't even been to Cinema Wasteland, but when it comes to the organizing and the size and the people, it's actually truly one of the best horror conventions in the country. I really do feel that. Everybody I know that goes loves it. They always have a great lineup. What are you doing there, Bonnie? I know you've been excited for weeks ago. I am. I'm so excited. And I just realized today that they're playing Dick Shark, and I really want to see that. Last year, the the big late night um, Saturday movie was Fangboner. That was fun, but um, <laughs> Dick Shark is the newest by Bill Z. Bub, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I don't know if I should be ashamed or not, but I haven't really been exposed to his stuff, and I need to be, you know. So, oh well, gonna jump in there, and then also, um, let's see. So, yeah, and, and Similar Sun happens in Strongsville, Ohio, of course. And on Friday, Friday night, Fred and Shelby Vogel are going to be there, and they are showing August Underground because it is the 15th anniversary, I believe. So they're doing something a little special for that. They're not really saying too much, and they're going to have some special um, August Underground and, and toe tag merchandise. So if you're digging the toe tag, you know, pay attention to that. And, of course, Street Trash is the, uh, I think it's what, like almost 30 years of that because it was oh, 1987. Yeah, yeah so Street Trash is, 
Yeah, that's the big that's the big thing. And they have, I don't know. It looks like they have almost a cast going. I mean, uh, they have most of the main cast there. They have the crew there. Um, Jennifer Aspinall, who's like my favorite makeup artist, probably of all time. Oh no, we lost somebody. Was that Bonnie that went away? Hello, who's all here? I've got Erin, Erin Marie, Erin, and Queenie. So we did lose Bonnie. Oh, yep. no, she's gone. She's gone. <laughs> call back, Bonnie. We love you. Um, but, yeah, I will talk about Street Trash while we're waiting for her to call back. Street Trash is one of my absolute favorite films. And it's not that it's a good film. It's really what it is. It is Street Trash. It is awesome, though. Um, Jennifer Aspinall is the makeup artist. A lot of people don't know about her. They talk about Dick Smith and Rick Baker and Stan Winston. And granted, those guys rule, Tom Savini. But she did Street Trash and Troma, and she worked for Troma and did uh, Toxic Avenger. And honestly, she's right up there with the rest of those guys. <laughs> and uh, Street Trash is just so much fun. And Jennifer Aspinall's first, first appearance is going to be at Cinema Wasteland. And um, when I made my list of sexy witches interviews I wanted to do on this show, I made a list of women and men, and I looked at my women's list. Number one on the list was Jennifer Aspinall from Street Trash. I really want to talk and pick her brain. Number two was Sarah Trost, who's calling in tonight. So I like got my. So I have Bonnie. Bonnie, welcome back. Uh, so I, yeah, thank I, you. I was talking. My phone I was is talking a jerk. About I, I filled in your spot and talked about the Street Trash reunion and Jennifer Aspinall. Thank you. And so I. And so what I was telling them is that um, that because she's my number one dream interview for this show, you're going to go on a Cobart mission for me and see if she'll come on. And yes. I want to thank you. Yeah, no matter what, yes or no, whatever yes. she says, all I want her to know is that she has a huge bunch of sexy witches that love her. <laughs> and Aww. And, she's in the, and now she's doing convention uh, circuit. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll just meet her. So I, yeah, I have a thing yeah, for I'll do my makeup best. artists. I love makeup artists. I have a thing from yeah. Roy Woolley and R.G. Hattie, always go to Scares That Cares. Mm-hmm. And I went at Days of the Dead, I went to the competition there. And those guys are serious. The guy who won the competition at Days of the Dead wins Dragon Con every year. So, I mean, they're, they're, they weren't like shrinking violets at all. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I missed uh, that. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know how good that was. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty fun. This, there was this amputee at Days of the Dead, and they turned him into Deadpool, mm-hmm. and it looked really, really cool. I have pictures still on the website. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, I so promise you that I will approach Jennifer Espinall. Whichever day I do, it will be before I start day drinking. I promise you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, this, this is my recreation of my like visit with Bonnie at Days of the Dead. because we had great desire to chat, but we also had great desire, but just for different things at all times. I don't, we never wanted to do the same thing. So we're just like, we it, kept, you keep thinking at a con that you're going to have time. And then before you know it, it's like, it's like, you know, it's closing time. So, what are you gonna mad do? busy. I was so busy. At it is. Convention. And I, you were so happy though. Pass. I could tell. Oh. She was so <laughs> glowing. She was like, I'm everywhere. I'm doing everything. I'm floating. It was awesome. <laughs> 
and I wasn't even inebriated compared to some people, man. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, that was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. though. I, I, but, you know, but it was mm-hmm. also work. I was there. I'm like, I got these press passes. I am there to work. And luckily to work is watch right. movies, which is, you know, hey. <laughs> so I'm good with that. It is. So is it there, is. besides besides Jennifer Aspinall, is there anything else you're looking forward to at Dave's uh, Aspinall Wasteland? Mr. David Naughton from American Werewolf in London, because I've never met him. And that would be awesome. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And there's a couple uh, other I movies that like, I saw on the list. That... What's that? Go ahead. I said, no, I'm go so ahead. jealous. Oh, you're jealous? jealous? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 but she, she doesn't really have to be jealous. I mean, she's about to no. go to which is I'm true. I'd, I'd, I'd rather God. visit you, my little werewolf seductress, but I can't. <laughs> Further away. Vincent <laughs> and I met him last year. No, I know. Did you, Aaron? You met him last year? Yeah, scares the care. Oh, cool. Was he nice? Please tell me he's nice. Yes, yes. Okay, did. good. I hate <laughs> it when you break your heart. They break your my heart friend, sometimes. My friend Brittany is absolutely obsessed with werewolves. Um, <laughs> As she, she just made, she thinks she made a fool of herself. Front of it. I was like, no, I'm sure he gets it all the time. You're fine. <laughs> oh, he's seen it all. He gets all us crazy. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you, Brittany did not make a fool of herself. The girl's a badass. I watched what nice. she did at that convention, and, and to get a, the girl got a, her first tattoo in her life, single needle black stitch on her wrist, and a whole sentence. Girl's wow. tough. <laughs> and I, I was I was with Brittany I was with Brittany and Brian when they got sisters tattoos two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, oh, now she's once once you start getting the ink, that's it. You just start getting it. Exactly, so. and we and we, we talked Brian into it. <laughs> so she got her well, first one at forty three. All right, so Erin Marie, thank you, Bonnie. We'll talk more about this when we get our looser in our conversation because we got a lot to talk about. I'm going to bring Erin Marie on this because you also are going to a convention, and this convention's lineup yes. is blowing my friggin' mind. So please talk I about know. And, um, in, in the same week as WonderCon, so Easter week, there is Mad Monster Party in Charlotte, North Carolina. Please tell me what Charlotte, you're doing North there and who you're about to see. Yep, go for it, girl. Ah, oh, my God. Okay, the reason why I signed on to the convention in the first place, what had me from day one, was Malcolm McDowell. I was like, sold, Clockwork Orange, Malcolm McDowell, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my friend got me the RIP ticket for uh, Christmas. So that's access to green room and all that stuff. So I've got a place to go sit down instead of needing to stand up all the time. Plus, it's in the hotel, so I don't have to worry about uh, tiring myself out. So I'm like, I can do this one. (laughs) <laughs> interviews. It's also good interview space, which is something exactly. I get. <laughs> so. so, so I get plenty of time to talk to them. I don't have to worry about a, um, you know, the the conrad floor. But um, there's Malcolm McDowell, Linda Blair, um, Adrian King, they Tom Savini. Oh, I can't wait to see his brain. Sorry. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of practical effects. So Tom Savini is like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so excited so, about so that beware. one. You've got to be careful with Tom Savini. He's moody. 
So, and I mean that in the most positive light. It just, you have to catch mm-hmm. him at the right time. And when you catch him at the no, right time, he's that. amazing. You know, but I can see I that because heard... he reminds me of my uncle. Yeah, <laughs> I have heard that he's usually pretty amenable to women, especially if we have huge tits. And I've got that down, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, remember, unlike most of the other celebrities, Tom Savini's actually there to work. He's usually a vendor. So he, he, his mind is a little bit more focused on selling than, let's say, like, you know, one of the, the media people that are doing signatures. You know, it's a little bit different vibe mm-hmm. for him. So we'll get him a pass, not to mention, you know, he is a makeup artist, and yeah, I like them too. So George, yeah. George A. Romero is going to be there. Yeah, so I, know, I saw that. I'm thinking awesome. I, I normally don't get DVDs signed, but um, that was actually the very first horror movie I kind of showed my kids as, well, if I'm going to set you on the horror path, then mm-hmm. here, we're going to do this the right way. <laughs> so I might actually have them sign that DVD. I but, just saw um, the Night of the Living Dead documentary on Netflix, and I highly recommend you watch it before you meet him. It's really good. So, um, so, uh, cool. So go ahead. More. Tell us more. More. Yes. <laughs> uh, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Nichols from, uh, Star Trek. They added her. Oh and of God. course they've, yes. That's right. Um, then you've got the, what we do in the shadows guys. So I've got to watch Jerome? that. Is Jerome going or? Yes. Oh, <laughs> and and Franklin <laughs> and and there's another one. Uh, anyway, oh. Jeremy Bullock is that it? Yeah, Jeremy Bullock. There's quite a few Star Wars people represented, including Jeremy Bullock, who was okay. also at Days. Yeah, of I saw a lot of Star Wars. And mm-hmm. he's going to be at Awesome Con as well. Uh, he's announced for Awesome Con here in DC. Ooh. So uh, Jeremy Bullock is hard hitting the. Horse, I mean, hitting the con circuit with a passion. Yes, he is. Going to see Nichelle Nichols would be awesome. And if I could get a way to get my script to you, I'd have her sign it. But I really can't Mm -hmm. trust anybody else with my original shooting script. No, I know it. (laughs) Although, Um, you it is me. But, I um, do want you to say one thing for me for Malcolm McDowell. You don't have to tell him anything else for me, but I do want to say one thing and tell him okay. that time after time, it was my favorite film growing up. Time after time. All right. Time after Great time. Film. Stars, Dow and David Warner and Mary Steenburgen. It's a time travel Jack the Ripper story. It takes place in San Francisco. So you can see why it's right up my alley. Uh, so... And it takes what? time. I'm watching this immediately. I can't believe I haven't seen this. Because you know, like, I, I love Caligulus. Oof. Yeah. Didn't anyway. Did Meyer write that one? Uh, I, I, hold on. I, hold on. Go ahead. Keep talking. I just I lost signal for a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, I thought oh, we were um, for a second. They've got no. They've got the three repo the genetic opera guys: Paul Sorvini, uh, yeah, Paul Sorvino, <laughs> um, <Say> what? <laughs> Bill, Bill Mosley, and Nick Oger. Really cool. Oh God, I am yes. uber jealous Nick, now. Nick Oger, Bill Mosley, is yep, everywhere. Yeah, I was just gonna yep. say, not meant in a bad way, but Bill Mosley, yeah, he's everywhere. But you have an awesome <laughs> list there. That's great. Yeah, Dude, that's awesome though. Bill Mosley, I mean, he 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 does it all. 
all. And he's fun. And, and I, he's fun. And he's one of the his, his panels are always great. So I, yeah, you know, because he's a he's funny. a. Well, Dave Mears is going to be there, and Dave Sheridan, and they're always good for a laugh. Oh, my God, they're so much fun to hang out with. So so we all have important fun things to do. It's just, like, so bad. Oh, Uh, go ahead. I I did have one more announcement to make. Today um, was the day they released the tickets for the George Takei event in Roanoke, and I, I got two tickets. You're only Yay! allowed to reserve two tickets, but I got two. I reserved two. So who are you taking? I have no idea. <laughs> None. <laughs> really? Exactly. <laughs> so anybody want to go to Torch Decay with me? I've got a ticket. Well, <laughs> too far away. Well, that's awesome. I'm so glad you got one of those tickets because we were talking about that earlier and so, so uh, Bonnie. Uh, besides, let's see. Who else do we actually? Let's go to Queenie because Queenie, since yeah, you don't yeah. know what's what's going on at Crypticon, should I read you the guest list and get you to geek out a little bit for us? Are you ready? All right. All right. Giggity, 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 giggity. Okay, here we go. The headliner is Lance Henriksen. So then, okay. Uh, Tony Todd, of course. Tony Todd oh, is awesome. We love Tony. Ginger mm-hmm. Lynn is going to be there. Alec mm-hmm. Guinness, Kenneth Calhoun. He's a, a, a makeup artist, by the way. Uh, Peaches Christ, who, uh, oh, that's, she's from oh, oh. Evil and Dino with Teenage Girl. Yeah, so she's going to be there. She's yeah. really squeeing. I love yeah, it. So that's awesome. <laughs> All right. One of our absolute favorites, Kane Hodder's going to be there. So make sure you say hi for the second witches. Just beware. Just beware the fabled fast hands of Kane Hodder. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know those hands well. <laughs> and, people, uh, and actually, a writer said that to me. I was like, "What just happened?" And it was the first time I'd met him. I'm like, and then he said this, and, and, and the guy just kind of nods, and he's like, "Oh yes, the fabled fast dance of Kane Harder." Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then finally, we have Mark Patton, who was the star of Adam Men Street Two, and um, Jennifer Blank Bean, who is married to Michael Bean, who will also be there. Uh, cool. So. Uh, so those are the main headliners for uh, Crypticon mm-hmm. Seattle. So I think you're going to have a blast. Yeah. yeah, you are. So Ooh. so we all have cons to do. I'm so excited about that. And, uh, you know, I have cons coming up also, but I haven't heard back yet. Um, I'm, I may or may not be a panelist at Awesome Con. It depends if the panel has been approved. So we're waiting to see if that happens. Um, <laughs> and if that is, it would be awesome because it would be my first panel ever. Uh, we to, by the way, we were supposed to have a caller call in uh, from South by Southwest Live. I pinged her, Raina, Sexy Witch of the Southwest, and she's not called in. So I don't know if she's online or not, or she forgot. Uh, <laughs> if she calls in later, she can't. Uh, Sarah Trost is on. I can't bring her on. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, so Raina, if you're out there, call in. We've still got a few minutes. But uh, before we move on, let's talk about costumes a little bit. I was wondering, Erin, uh, on the West Coast, do you have anything you want to add about WonderCon that you've sat on it for a little while? Well, um, yeah, I guess uh, if I gave the impression that it's all TV and movies, uh, it's not. There's a lot of good comic book people there. I'm very excited 
to meet uh, Jonan Vasquez from Invader Zim, who is now doing a comic book of my favorite Urkin Invader. Uh, Jaime Hernandez, uh, one of Los Brothers Hernandez, behind Heartbreak Soup and Love and Rockets, which, honestly, one of my favorite books of all time. He's going to be there. Uh, Comic Book Defense League is always there. They've got great panels on fighting censorship right now as it's going down because you have no idea the battles that comic book shop owners are going through on a day-by-day basis in this country. It's frightening. And then uh, the usual Comic Con and Wonder Con, wonderful panels. Uh, Whedon Enterprises uh, is going to do their sing-along extraordinaire to uh, Dr. Horrible to end the, the con. And we will have Starship Smackdown, uh, which ends every time as well, uh, which typically is, you know, who would win in a battle, uh, the Enterprise versus the Imperial Star Destroyer, uh, Millennium Falcon going up against the Borg Cube, that kind of thing. And it's a lot of geeky fun. Sounds like a great time. And, you know, and it gets you, it's just a warm-up because I've looked at your, your slate. You have a slate of stuff coming up, and we'll talk about it more in depth in later shows, but you have Star Wars Celebration coming up, and I asked you to go to Bat Days at Disney for me, and uh, what else do we have? Oh, and uh, Days of Dead Los Angeles is coming up, too, and I'll I'll talk about that um, in the community calendar as one of my picks. Uh, to visit, yep. which we'll talk, but uh, so you, you're you're going to be bumping, boy. You got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> so, Full slate, uh, man. Full slate of no, events. There's no rest for the wicked witches, after all, right? So, uh, <laughs> uh-uh. so and Bonnie is going to be. Uh, are you bending or are you just visiting? Is this just a, a trip for you, or uh, are you actually working a table? Um, nope, not working a table. This is just a trip for me. So, this is just a trip. Well, yeah, I want to thank part you. of my darting around was like, shit, I have to fit in stuff before I got to go and cover the damn table. So <laughs> this will be fun. But what were you asking me? I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just, that's great. I was just saying, and I wanted to uh-huh. thank you for doing this covert operation for me, or not so covert operation, but I always <laughs> love it. At how at Cinnamon Wasteland, I, at some point, I am so there. I have to get there. Uh, I have too many people out in Ohio. I can stay with people there. It's no excuse not to go. I have a good excuse this time. It's just the timing is wrong because I won't be here. I'll be in England the week before. (laughs) Not that I'm complaining. Uh, But uh, uh, so. uh, No, I'll I'll trade you places. (laughs) I'll go to England. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually am getting my my classics on. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to see two shows possibly while I'm there. I'm going to go see um, on Good Friday, and they've been doing it since 1856, the Royal Albert Hall and the Philharmonic does the uh, the, the choir, the Royal Choir. I don't, I forget the name of it, but they do the uh, Handel's Messiah in its entirety with a with an orchestra and a huge concert in the Royal Albert Hall. And just the location at all, at all is just awesome. I can't wait to do that. So that's my Good Friday. And then on, on the road trip through the Cotswolds, we're going to stop in Stratford-upon-Avon, the birthplace of Shakespeare, and they just launched a brand-new production of Hamlet with this gorgeous, gorgeous African-American guy playing the lead. Uh, you know, um, 
and I'm like in like Flint, man. Oh my God, just to be in Royal Shakespeare Company in Stratford Pond Avon, you can't geek out more than that. You really can't. So, so those are two of the things I'm doing on my very dense trip to England. Uh, but that's the only real media I'm doing. Unfortunately, most of the theater is really bad. Aaron, oh my God, you gotta listen to this, okay? So Piccadilly is playing Jersey Boys. West End Theater is playing Motown. I mean, Lazarus just closed. Michael C. Hall was in that. That was the Bowie tribute. It just closed. Uh, you know, uh, there was a bunch of other and great stuff were in there. sold out, you know, as a zillion weeks uh, ahead of time. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, so the only thing that's left that uh, that is on, that's actually good is they're playing the Book of Mormon, but I've seen it twice. And, right. and so, you know, it's... So I, no theater for me. The Savoy is playing something really lame, too. It was, like, covered in wrong sauce. It's all, like, I, I have a rule when it comes to my musicals. Your musicals have to have at least 40% new material for me to really enjoy. And Jersey Boys doesn't cut it at all. Neither does Motown's yeah. musical. So, uh, so, no, it's covered in wrong sauce. You know, I'm mm. like, oh, hell to the no. So, but that gives me more time for museums and Roman and English and monarchs. And my daughter's so excited to meet the princesses, you know, so, you know, (laughs) so that's all, we're all busy and I come right back in in April and then we have, we'll talk about the shows later, but um, let's switch gears. We've got about 20 minutes before the big call in from Sarah Trost. And Sarah Trost is a costumer, and I want to say the reason why I, I makeup artists and costumers are my two favorite below line positions, partly because I used to work in theater. Also, my mother was a seamstress. As a matter of fact, uh, my wedding dress, she made it. It's an 18th century, or was it 18th century umpire style wedding gown, like the most amazing dress. She did it all by hand, including hand sewing all the Schwarzkopf crystals into it. Uh, and, um, and so costuming and makeup has been always a major influence in my life. And so I'm really excited about Sarah Tross, and I always, always root the Oscars for costuming and makeup on. And this year, the winner went to Mad Max Fury Road, which is actually yeah, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> they ripped that. it off. Oh, they did. They, uh, production design, too. And I was and so fact, excited. You know, but its competition was super, super stiff. I mean, the Danish mm-hmm. girl looked mm-hmm. amazing. Oh my God! I oh yes, it, did. it was beautiful. I mean, it was mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Uh, you know, um, what else did we have now? I just, I just had year? to geek out for genre being recognized. So Oscars. That's Amen. why we're geeking Sister out because it's, it's genre and it's it's insane. It's a movie with a. Crazy guitarist strapped to the front of a freaking. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I, I finally, 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 finally watched Thank Mad you. Max. I finally watched Mad Max uh, two oh, nights ago, and I was like, oh. "That is my favorite truck." <laughs> yes, it's my favorite thing about the entire fucking movie. And that guy strapped it because it sets the tone so perfectly. <laughs> Just like, yes, we are that crazy. That yes, we are going to do this. <laughs> If you get out here on the West Coast, this shit is shiny. If you get out here uh, in Warner Brothers Studio, which, you know, you can do their their little studio tour, they have Uh the costumes on display right now from Fury Road. And my absolute favorite thing uh, about her winning, well, two things. First off, I loved her freaking jacket walking down there. I can't believe 
that people gave her crap for wearing that jacket. It was. I'm still cool. wondering. I opened with that last year. What the last episode? What the fuck was that about? Of all the things you could do yeah. wrong on that Oscars, mm. was not clapping for a costume designer. That's just rude. You know. Right? I'm sorry. You know. But it's I, not like I love her so like, much. There has been lots of fucked up outfits, and and I thought she was just representing the the genre of movie. For God's sake, Mm -hmm. absolutely did. Oh yeah, it was kind of like Mad Max meets Mobius this time, you know. Uh, you know, it was like yeah, bedazzled leather. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say my underdog favorite was Cinderella, though this year. Cinderella is my Cinderella's favorite. Though. Yeah, I really loved it. I, I I know it's so opposite of Mad Max. Like they can't be more far mm-hmm. apart from the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But but like once again, and I we talked about this before with Bonnie too. Corsets, the corsets alone in Cinderella corsets. was worth the Oscar. When it comes right to there. the girly girl <laughs> shit, I'm all about the corsets. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! They're yeah. Some of my favorite courses. costumes have been like uh, Marie Antoinette. Like, oh my God, the oh. the Kirsten Dunst version. Yeah, I was gonna the, say the the Coppola one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those big ass powdered wigs, beautiful corsets, and the music oh. that went with it, and just oh. Yes. Oh like yeah, because it was all like, like the cure, the cure, and and it's like you wouldn't expect them to use this, but it kind of it fit what she was trying to get across. Everyone should see Marie Antoinette. So exactly. It's just such a, it's, it, at first you're like, what a weird juxtaposition. And then the more you watch it, you're like, no, actually this music, New Order and Cure and Everything, actually kind of fits the feeling of like, m- like moody, dreamy, you know, um, excess in it. And she's like, just a kid, like in, you know? Like in A Knight's Tale when they use Golden Years yeah. the dance scene, you know, it's like. Ah. That one I thought went too far. I giggled, but. <laughs> Well, and the, the use of location in that movie is really good. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Versailles never looked more beautiful, and, uh, except mm-hmm. for that film. Uh, my favorite corset, if we want to go close, I don't know. Have you seen is, A Little Chaos, the one that Alan Rickman directed? No, I don't Versailles. Seen it yet. No. Oh, oh my okay. God, it's oh. gorgeous. Oh, oh, it's so beautiful because it's about the building of Versailles. And, and, oh, this is why I call because I learned so much from you, sexy witches. Everyone should call. You learn from the sexy witches. <laughs> when, when Alan Rickman passed away, A Little Chaos is available on HBO Go. I watched it. That oh, was the one I chose awesome. to watch. Amazing. It has Kate Winslet. And, oh, my God. It's just. Oh, she's a doll. Um, my favorite clothes porn like that is a movie called Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely my favorite costuming. Uh, there's also another clothes porn movie I love that won an Oscar called Aliens and Incest. Or what is it called? Oh, is it, it, it's, it's an incest movie. It's really weird. And insects. Hmm. It's like aliens and insects. What is the fuck? Do you know which one I'm talking about? It won the Oscar. I don't. Hold hmm. on. Okay, you guys keep talking. I'm going to find this. You guys have to see this movie. Yeah. My, everyone talks, about, everyone talks right. about my favorite clothes Give porn. Give me a year. I can work with it. Oh, there you go. Oh, She'll find it for you. Come on, Rihanna. Who worry. has keep the Google talking. machine? We all have the Google Queenie, machine. Queenie, are you in charge oh, of the Google machine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, I just woke her up. Um, my my favorite movie for for clothes porn, as we would put it, it's it's very predictable for me, but it's amazing and it's 
1992 Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I'm <laughs> and oh, the, the designer. Oh, she's so say. famous, and, I, and it, it eludes me right now, and she's gone. But has has anyone watched, like, the extras, the, re- the extras that came out, like, I don't know. Good. No. Thank you, Paul. That- My husband rules. Angels and Insects is the name of that movie. There you go. Oh, then now it sounds familiar. Angels. Yeah. I'm serious. It is dark, odd little movie. Totally recommend it. The costume is over the top, but perfect. It's really cool shit. So, Angels and Insects. Yeah. So, a little chaos. Mm. I'll check it out. Because I like like over the top. Angels and Insects. A little chaos. Oh, you'll look. Mm -hmm. Bonnie, it's right up your alley. Angels and Insects is very subversive. So, But if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go full-on clothes porn like Marie Antoinette level, I'm going to go with Dangerous Liaisons. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And, and its sister movie, Valmont, which is at the same time period with uh, Colin Firth. Both of those films are phenomenal when it comes to costuming. Uh, Through the Box mm-hmm. in that one, by the way, in Valmont, which is awesome. Um, and let's see, other closed porn movies that you could say. Uh, my favorite one to be nominated for Oscar that didn't win was Sweeney Todd a few years back. I absolutely adore it. Once yeah, again, costuming was amazing. Uh, and the corsets. Especially on, uh, you know, on those pie owners. What's her on on uh, his wife? Helena Bonham Carter. Helena. Yeah. Yeah. She had she had this dark purple corset thing on. I have never yes. seen a color like that in my with, life. With the striped tights. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I loved when they went to Ugh. the beach. Their costumes for the beach were amazing. <laughs> the beach costumes and, and when ah uh, yes. No, I love Sweeney Todd. And and yeah. the, another Alan Rickman one, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. my God. Alan Rickman. Like I said, and he's so good in that movie, too. Oh yes, my God. he is. Uh, oh, my God. He's uh, so good in that movie. Judge Turpin has always been one of the scariest villains in any musical, and and he just pulled it off with such grace, ooze, yet you still totally wanted to date him. I mean, it was it was incredible, <laughs> incredible performance. So, um, let's see. Yeah, give me what it is. I wish Les Mis was better than it was, though. I had a lot of it, a complex emotions about Les Miserables as a film. But I, I love to say. I loved the, the the setting, the big and the the real singing. You know, just like you would get in an actual Broadway musical. It's it wasn't perfected, and it showed the emotion of the scenes. I loved that. Uh, the, the music isn't the issue in that mu- movie at all. For me, it was more about the damn fourth wall breaking with, with like Hugh Jackman's nose in the lens for the entire friggin' four hours of the movie. <laughs> Give me a break. There's all there these beautiful this, set pieces, and you have Hugh Jackman's nose hairs. There's this one scene in particular, um, like right before the, the war, where his daughter... He shows up in his daughter's bedroom. It's like when she's, um, like, talking to that boy for the first time or whatever. And all of a sudden, he's gained, like, 50 pounds of muscle. And you're like, damn, you can tell when he started working out for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's often said that he's never, he never is built like that. And he hates the diet that they put him on for Wolverine. He hates it. He's normally very slender. He's a dancer. 
He's a dancer and more of like a comedian. You know, it's hilarious. But yeah. I'm I really am not looking forward to losing our Wolverine. Like I, I lament the day. I just uh Well that's why I'm really glad they're talking to him about it for Deadpool too. Wolverine, right? What's they are talking what about an R rated one. Yeah, I they're ta- that, that he's in talks to 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 be Wolverine again in Deadpool too. Not only that, oh, but they're also talking about yeah. maybe an old man Logan for his last Wolverine film. And the mm. studio already said Hot whatever either it way. is. Yeah, yeah. sure. But uh, uh, either way, it's going to be an R-rated uh, Wolverine. Yeah. And we can thank yeah. God yeah. for... Well, that's what, that's what I was hoping for after and, Deadpool. I was hoping yeah. that Deadpool would pave the way for the R-rating, you know. And so that's it Deadpool. has. No, I don't think everything has to be R-rated in comic book films. We still have to bring our kids. It doesn't you know? have to be, but it's nice to have no. the option. I, the option variety is good, especially since they now, like, for example, The Killing Joke is going to be the best animated Batman film ever at this point. Yeah. So, And that's, and that's and going to be an R, the first time they're going to do it as uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are going to be in an R-rated yeah. version of Batman. Oh, oh that is awesome. I hope it's so, better than the first R-rated claim, like, stop motion. Did anyone see Helen back? It was like a stop motion. Um, it's in my queue. I don't, haven't seen it yet, though. Mm, it's in my queue it's right really now, not so. that great. It's it's done by the, I'm not exactly sure which creators of, of um, Robot Chicken, but some creators of Robot Chicken. And it has a little bit of, like, a refined look of Robot Chicken and has a little bit, of the feel because it's just constant like they're just degrading each other the whole time and I realized watching it like this is better in a robot chicken skit this type of like back and forth doesn't last for you can't you can't deal with it for a whole movie it just gets old well I'll try it anyways only because I love you should you should because apparently they're 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 claiming it's the first stop motion R-rated film so I I I, I'm always open-minded to to stop animation, but you're not the only person that said that, actually. So yeah. um, I, I know. Not to be mean, it's just, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. My, oh, there's it, definitely some about... good jokes. But it just <laughs> gets a little, it gets a little long in so, the clay after a while. So we were, we were talking <laughs> about costume, period costumes, obviously, which usually win the Oscars. Occasionally a genre film like Lord of the Rings will win one, which, by the way, I saw the Lord of the Rings mm. exhibit in Boston when it was here, and to see those costumes up close was pretty awesome. I also saw the they Star are. Wars exhibit in, in, the, in the 90s that was on tour, and I got to see, like, the original costumes from Star Wars and then realized oh, how small so Carrie Fisher actually was. <laughs> is it true that ladies. there is no underwear in the, in the Star Wars universe? Is it true uh, there is no underwear? No. She didn't. There was no underwear in that costume. They had her slave Leia costume there. Just bikinis. First of all, <laughs> a tiny, tiny rack with a little little strap of, of leather to hide the naughty bits. That's about it. That's all it was. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know. Hey, Dang. You know. <laughs> you know, we, well, well, her was buppies were in the white robe. Her buppies were not strapped. So there was definitely no bra. So everyone's like, ooh. That's right. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a bra. So, so we, we were talking about period costumes, but what is our favorite superhero costumes? Uh, do we have a preference? Like, do we prefer mm. Batman or Marvel, or do we like? And then you have to talk about towards... which incarnation of it. You know. Well, that, that's yeah. true for me. Batman's my favorite comic book character of all time. I yeah, love I like Batman a lot. But my, but my favorite. Is 
aesthetic for Batman. Not that the movies were good. My favorite aesthetic were the Tim Burton films. I actually enjoyed the costuming yeah. the most yeah. from those films. But they're also very gothic. But especially yeah, like it's the gothic and fan- it's gothic costume. and fantasy. So yeah, yeah. So um, so I always oh, enjoyed yeah, and those. I- I'm a fan of Batman Returns, and a lot of people aren't. That one's very, very over the top. And I loved, I loved the design for the Penguin. I thought he was great. Well, Cobblepot is a, he looks really awesome. He's gross. Uh, I much yeah. prefer yeah. the Christopher Nolan ones. I well, prefer the, 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 the more. Well, I, I, I'm not the talking about plot. I'm talking about costume. Yeah, I know, yeah. but when you think about it, you know, Scarecrow. It, I'm look. I'm thinking of the the costuming. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I still prefer it, especially like with Bane. You know, the Tom material, Hardy, the, Bane. like the military minimalisticness of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that there was a meme that I saw because everything in uh, that came 2016 from. is the year that we're going to get the superheroes the way they are in the comics and they showed Deadpool mm. and they showed the upcoming Doctor Strange. And then I thought about it. And I said, oh my God, I can't wait. Yeah, Doctor Strange does look good even if it does yeah. have lumber fruit cabbage patch. But um, the uh, past superhero films that we've done, especially in the Marvel Universe with the exception of maybe Spider-Man, have been very minimalist. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is to make them more realistic, and I don't know if that's something you have to do with comic book heroes. But uh, I mean, you don't have to. the The trend started yeah. with Superman, with um, with Spider Man, and then it got solidified. It got put right down into stone with with Nolan's Batman because it was different at the time. Yeah. Everyone always wants a new wave, so at that time we wanted it to be very serious and very realistic. I think now we're getting back to exactly. the point where we we want some fantasy again. Because we're we're all realizing, yeah, and I've been telling everyone it. for years that we love. We I think that we I think I honestly think that the fucking reason that right now over the last like what like ten to fifteen years, comic book movies have become like you know superhero movies have become like just the standing genre all on their own and staple oh, yeah. that everyone wants to go see is that we don't have heroes anymore. We can't believe in heroes, real life heroes anymore, and we we need this escape in this fantasy. Plus, we exactly. we have the technology to make the movies now, you know. But that's one of the reasons we like them to look more realistic too. Is we want them to be believable. We want them to be able true, to true. exist in our universe. True. I think there's yeah, room for for both expressions. Well, there's definitely room for it all. I mean, there's room for but Mad Max Fury Road. There's room for Dark. One of the things I love about Batman in particular, as a as a as a as a commodity, is that there's so many ways you can go with it. I actually think every single version of the Joker is valid, and they're all valid for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think Cesar Romero's Joker is just as iconic as as, as any of the other yes. Jokers out there. You know, Absolutely. so uh, you know. And, and but his look never really changes that much until we got to the Dark Knight, and that kind of upped the yeah. game a little bit. Uh, yeah, I do think, yeah. but that's more of a makeup effect than a costuming effect, you know. Then he had Jack Nicholson, which was straight up costuming over the top with the with the hat and the zoot suit. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got some that. bat dance yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, and then of course Thank the you. least favorite of all. And then there's Joel 
Shoemaker, which we, you know, nipple, nipple oh, Batman. Oh, okay. Schumacher. Um, oh, maybe Can I point yeah, out, may I point out that every bat person in that movie had nipples except that girl? Can I point that out? <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! What the hell, We've got our values wrong. Oh. So, so wrong. So, so I will say, I thought that Carrie as the Riddler, his costume, he was super cute as the Riddler. And costume like, was cool, but, but the was movie ridiculous. was absolutely horrendous. I have checked out know. on that bullshit by that time. I just, I cared nothing for mm. them whatsoever. I That's hate them. They don't stand the Gotham? test of time at all. <laughs> Is anyone on here watching Gotham? Oh, I, I, I tried. I started it. I started it. I love the little girl that plays Catwoman. She's great. Mm-hmm. But overall, the show, there's just so many things to watch right now that it kind of, it went, it got down to the bottom, like lower oh, and lower no. on the queue. The guy playing yeah. is it really that good? Is, oh, I love Gotham really with good. all my heart. I, I highly recommend cool. Gotham. I've been watching okay. it all especially, the way especially the guy uh, playing Nygma, who's Riddler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I adore him. He is okay, amazing. And plus, yeah. they're they're finally in Indian Hill, where where the mm. where the bad guys are actually going through their changes. Hey, where they're careful, careful! The I haven't seen season face. two yet. I haven't seen season two yet. So careful of Gotham. <laughs> So I just finished season one. So, um, and by the way, let uh, me just say that they do go through a change. Nobody is actually dead. They're just going through uh, metamorphosis. Uh, There is going to be waiting for Daredevil season two. I am super excited for Daredevil. Yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure at the community calendar. And matter of fact, we actually, ladies and gentlemen, have to take a break. So we're going to take a minute break here and put on, and then we're going to come back and Sarah Trost will be on the line. So please hold Sexy Mm -hmm. Witches for our musical. Oh, and and folks, yes, there is a really horrible S-bomb in this quote, but taking it out of context might sound weird, but it's my favorite quote from the Trost film. So we're going to lead in with that and play a little music and bring Sarah on. So hold on just a step. No one drinks unless LWE says so. It's the end of days out there, J Troll. The darkness has come. God damn, drunks going straight edge right on the street. Resorting to meth and shit. And now, with no drunks, there ain't no bombs. And with no bombs, there ain't no motherfuckers to feed the ducks at the park. What's a fucking town with no ducks, J-Troll? It's nothing. It ain't nothing. How the niggas supposed to sort this shit out without no ducks? Sexy Witches, we're back. That was just a quick break while I changed notes. And we're on the second hour of Sexy Witches. And 
I am so excited to bring on my next guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, if, um, if you have seen her on television, and I know some of you fans are, you would see, if you've seen Project One Way, she was in the first three episodes of season eight. But if you don't know her face, you certainly know her work if you're a genre fan. Uh, she works with the, uh, she's done costume design for the FP and All Superheroes Must Die, but she's also uh, designed costumes for uh, a horror classic, or I put that in quotes, but a lot of people really love this film, and it is uh, Laid to Rest, which is Chrome Skull, which is a modern slasher, and one of my favorite geek girls to be on anything, and I root this whole, her whole family on, so please, ladies and gentlemen, let's pick a huge sexy witch welcome to costume designer Sarah Tross. Welcome, Miss Tross, you're on with the sexy witches. How are you doing? Um, good. Can you hear me? Am I, is this, does this work? You sound lovely. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. No, it's, it's so funny calling in because I have, I don't do this very often. So it's funny calling in. I'm like, this is like an 1890s party line. Can anybody hear me? I don't know. <laughs> um, we're, we're a little lo-fi on purpose because we're kind of a wild and woolly show. And so it keeps us on our toes. So oh, no, I really no, want to no, thank a, no, you. It's incredibly easy. Um, that's it's awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just amazed that um, anybody is interested in having me talk about anything. So we'll see how it goes. Oh my goodness, Miss Tross, you have no idea. Uh, you know, uh, first, oh, yes, uh, we're having them call nine hundred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we do have oh, oh, gosh. Gosh. Well, one of the sexy witches is called the porn witch. That's Erin Marie. So maybe exactly. I to that. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's the sexy porn witch, the sexy wear witch, and the sexy vampire witch you're on with right now. I, I mean, am the head all huntress. Of the all, uh-huh. all, all acceptable. All terrific. Oh and, my! And then my. <laughs> so we all are a bunch of sexy witches. <laughs> And and costuming Perfect. is definitely part of that. So um, I was telling oh, another yeah, reason why deal. I'm a huge huge fan of yours because my mother was a seamstress and she had a very similar story oh, really? as yours. She was she was handed it wasn't a you were a kid if I remember right you were ten years old right when you got your first um, sewing machine. Um, my yeah. mom it was a little different it was a little different it was the first gift my dad gave her on an anniversary present and oh, supposedly she was a initially offended yes um but then she started to use it <laughs> like, almost like getting a vacuum like happy mother's yeah. Day a vacuum yeah okay yeah. <laughs> but 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 then she started to use it and then her it, it kind of like became this revelation her eyes opened up and she's a period costumer anyways and suddenly these costumes started coming out of this room and she made all of my clothes growing up for better or for worse and um she made my wedding dress I walked down the oh, aisle awesome. in a hand-stitched wedding dress, 18th century umpire style, fantasy princess. No big thing. deal. It's really neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was hand swatchy crystals. Yeah, you know, really. You know, but, but, you know, so I really am a huge fan of costuming in general. But you in particular, this is why we're fans of yours. You might not have realized it, but there's a huge fan base for you, Miss Tross. And it's because you've no, invented an honestly, aesthetic. No, I have no idea. So this is really funny. This is like really weird for me. <laughs> well, it's because you basically invented thrift shop chic. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> because oh, my God. What you, did, what you did was you took thrift shop work, <laughs> took it, Frankensteined it, and made it into something new and fresh. And the FP is probably the pinnacle of your success that way. And uh, so 
uh, I've heard a little, obviously, a lot of, of, of interviews with you talking about the SP, but please, would you tell my listeners oh, what the SP is and what you did and why, and the look of it is, is truly one of the most unique, bizarre, yet completely familiar looks I've ever seen in this film. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> the, um, the SP, as far as just uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's not very easy to describe. It's sort of like a white trash gang war in the mountains. However, um, it's sort of been touted as like post-apocalyptic. However, that's not really what it was meant to be. Um, it's actually sort of present day. Uh, it's just this sort of weird detached um, small town situation that happens. It's like the, the, the majority of the verbiage and, and kind of the quotes of things that happen in that movie, like 80% of that shit that people say are, is stuff that like dudes would say to me at parties in the FP. Do you know what I mean? Like I would go out with Jason and we'd go like fishing and I would like get stories from dudes and they would just say that shit to me. Like it's, I don't know. Um, no, I come however, from a small however, town in Virginia in the mountains. I totally get it. So I was like, they think they're the only place on earth. Oh, yeah. Well, Miss Toss, like I can tell you. They're taking on, it's just crazy. I, um, my cousin Aaron and myself, both Aaron lives in, in Buena, Buena Vista, Buena Park in near you mm-hmm. and i grew up in san francisco so we actually both been to fraser park so we knew exactly where this place was oh <laughs> so, man uh, yeah it's uh <laughs> it's thing. but it, but however it's still i feel like any kind of small town um really any small town like in the world kind of develops its own like microcosm of culture um however this was like you know it's a ton of different influences and we grew up you know working our parents and everybody like working in the film industry and so we kind of grew up in movies we grew up watching movies um uh, maybe a little too young for certain things but that's what happened um so it's kind of a mix of all the different references of everything that we just like loved growing up um and jason's really responsible for you know 95 percent of it but um as far as like the design is concerned, it's really kind of what we had available to us. We started the FP with a short film. So we made a short film, which was like exactly 10 years ago now, which is terrifying. Um, mm-hmm. But we, um, as far as that, like we, we transferred even the costumes from the short film to uh, like to the first 10 minutes of the feature. Um, a lot of the things, like a lot of their competition gear, I actually built from the ground up. Like those are just built from like scraps and from fabrics and everything that I had. It was we filmed it at the, in, in the film. It's called the foundation, but um, it's actually a foundation of a barn that my dad was building at the time. And so we just ended up filming the majority of stuff like on his property, which is um, right next to Fraser park. Um, but we kind of went through, we had tons and tons of clothing. Like a lot of the things that you see are actually like recycled clothes from when we were kids. So I took a bunch of shit that we had that my parents had that, you know, whatever. We took every single bag of everything and we like dumped it out. And Jason and I went through it and made piles to like, they were so big that we were actually like swinging from the rafters and like dropping into them and falling down like little kids. Um, so so and then we can kind I ask of, you, a, may I ask you a question about this big pile of clothes? How sure. big was the box of bandanas you had in the end? um the bandanas were actually pretty few and far between like the bandanas were pretty specific we were just like we want this one and this one and i kind of like frankenstein a couple of different bandanas together or like painted a few things the bandanas were actually like one of the easiest things to do oh really because there's like everyone's wearing one some are wearing four (laughs) you know uh yeah yeah 
Go go ahead. Go ahead. I just had to ask that because we've always made that joke. There must have been a big box bandanas in a thrift shop somewhere. No, no, (laughs) actually, no, no, no. no. Um, Because a lot of the stuff, um, really less than you think actually came from a thrift store. Like the majority was stuff that we already had that we put back together. And I took the entire fabric stock and everything, all of the vintage clothes and all the shit that I just had laying around and put it, it was like everything went into a pile. It was all sorted. And then it was all put back together. And, you know, like a couple months because that, like that entire movie I did by myself, I had no help. Like nobody helped me do anything. So it's me just like putting everything together and sewing it. And then, yeah. Um, so it was like between there were between like the things that we had the things that I built um we had there's a scene in the FP of them like going to like the thrift store that's on the hill which I don't know if it's there anymore or not but we kind of had a deal with them where they would let us take whatever we wanted and then we would donate at the end so we we kind of matched donations to what they had given us um uh and a lot of things are I don't know spray painted and repurposed and reworked and um it's every every single piece of clothing has been like touched and reworked in some way, no matter what its origin was. So, what was your? Uh, I I know that you said that L double E the the final costume is probably your favorite, and it, honestly, it's my favorite too. Uh, but, yeah, that, that, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, where did you come up with the with the concept for L double E in particular? And besides L W E, who? What other are your some of your favorites? And not just from. FP. If you have some from other films like All Heroes Superheroes Must Die or any of your other stuff, I'd love to hear about anything you want to talk about in your vision and your design. Um, sure. I that's so funny because I don't really consider myself as like a vision. It's just like just doing you just, kind of what feels <laughs> right for the character and for the what the what the project is. Um as far as LWE, um, you may have noticed he's in jumpsuits the entire time. So for whatever reason, he just ended up was like, um, he's just going to be in a jumpsuit the whole time. So each piece that he's in, he's in a jumpsuit. Oh. Um, his final jumpsuit is sort of a mix between, because I'm, I'm a pretty huge Elvis fan as far as like Elvis fashion is concerned. Um, so it actually comes from um, like trench coats of Elvis uh, in the early 70s, like late 60s, early 70s. And it's also yeah. kind of a mix of the Duke of New York from Escape from New York. Um, Yeah, so you can see some sort of like A number one epaulettes. And also you'll see like kind of in the final scene, uh, L-Dub who's got some followers and he's got like a girl follower and she's actually wearing a replica of A number one, um, like the entire thing. Like her costume is an A number one costume because I actually made that for myself as a costume for Halloween one year. And I was like, oh, I I guess we'll put it on somebody. So she, like, you'll you'll notice that like his gang kind of matches whatever he's doing that day. Um, but yeah, that final jumpsuit is insane because it's just a mix of a bunch of shit that I had and we just put together like the craziest stuff. He's got like seriously probably eight levels of shoulder pads in there um, and like just horrendously dyed fur and it's just it's just disgusting. I love it. Now, uh, I know that you said that you went to fashion school, but what you usually Mm -hmm. do does not look anything near like what you learn in fashion school. And so... No, it's not. So... So, yeah, uh, I, I watched your – you seemed a little – may I say the word dismissive of your education there? But I don't think that's the right word for it. But I wanted to know what your experience – as obviously your, your aesthetic, even if you don't have a vision, your aesthetic is definitely your own thing. And what was it like to be kind of different 
in, in, in such a formal environment as fashion design? Um, that's, yeah, that's definitely like a multifaceted answer. So I'll try to lock that up. Um, <laughs> it's, know, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I always knew, I always knew that I wanted to do costume design and not fashion. The main reason I went to FITM to get a fashion design degree was because it was at the time the only place where I could get a costume design degree. So I went there to get a fashion degree so that I could go to their third year program, which was specifically for costume design, um, which I applied to and I got into. And there's only like eight people that they accept. However, I didn't go to it because I ended up getting a job instead. And I was like, um, maybe I don't want to spend an extra $20,000. I'm just going to start working, which I'm pretty happy I did. Um, however, I will say that the, what I did get out of the fashion design program and all, the things like all my instructors knew, and I told them that I wanted to do costume design. So they kind of let me do what I wanted, which was great. Um, because I do find fashion itself, like, you know, in general, with exceptions, like there, there's some really great fashion designers and, and that sort of thing. But I find it incredibly, uh, I find it incredibly wasteful, um, I prefer to make something that's more of like an overall universe art project. And I find that just, I, I kind of have a home in film, I think, and in TV and just that sort of media um, because I find it more interesting. Um, and speaking of yeah, film, all, you have, and TV, What's you that? actually have, an, well, I was saying, speaking of film and television, you have a new TV show coming out this summer by oh, Pistols, yeah, I do. and you've designed the yeah. costumes for that. Yeah. So you're still yeah. working. You're constantly working. Yay to work. <laughs> so um, yeah, I so, yeah I do. I I work. Um, no matter whether I'm getting paid or not, like depending, I I'm always working on something. So that's pretty great actually. Um, but yeah, that's, that's coming wonderful. to. It's coming out in July. That actually just premiered at South by Southwest uh, Friday night, um, and we got really great reviews. They showed the first two episodes. Um, one of my favorite. I actually love both of the vice principals. There are two vice principals that are sort of vying to be the principal of the school, and it's them sort of um, banding together to take down the new principal so that one of them can be a principal. Um, but Walton Goggins' character, uh, Lee Russell, is probably one of my favorites that I've been able to design, and he he loved it. Everybody, I mean, I've been getting, since it's been shown, I've been getting some really, really great feedback. So I'm I'm excited for people to see it, and that airs in July on HBO. I love Walton Goggins. I love Danny McBride. Oh, man, and Danny McBride, he's so awesome. And, like, the – and then him, so he plays sort of, like, the classic vice principal. So we've got him in, like, the dumpiest, like, pleated pants, just terrible, just (laughs) the the worst shit ever, clip-on ties, all of it. But it's so perfect, and he loves it. And it's such a – it's such a character piece. And then that – the dichotomy of him with then, you know, Walton Goggins, who's Lee Russell, who is just like this sort of slightly fashionable, just southern dandy, like full-on bow tie, sweater vest, blazer, just tightest jeans you've ever seen, like ridiculous. So it's um So, it's so Danny great. McBride I'm, went I'm, from eastbound and down, and then this is like mm-hmm. the HBO yeah, yeah, replacement. Yeah, yeah. So this That's is awesome. this yeah, kind the of their... People. Yeah, it's it's the same creative team, and it's sort of their new venture. Um, but it to me, and I loved Eastbound. Like Eastbound was one of my favorites. Um, but this feels sort of more, sort of like the progression of like I I, I don't want to say like more grown up, but it's kind of in that ballpark um, where it's just 
it's so character driven. It's like the Big Lebowski where it's just character driven comedy. And even though it's like, it's so childish, the humor, but I, it's so funny. It's so funny and it's so R rated and it's so ridiculous. And it's just, well, you um, found them down. It's it filmed in yeah. Wilmington, North Carolina. Where, mm-hmm. where was this one taking place? We were know? in Charleston, Charleston, South Charleston? Carolina. Charleston? <laughs> yeah. We were in Charleston for eight months. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to be checking this out. <laughs> Oh, no, I love that great. area. There's, it's so pretty. Um, it's it's beautiful, and there uh, and the people are so great. Um, there is um, there's a little teaser trailer up now, so if you look at Vice Principals, you can check out the teaser, and it's pretty awesome. And we get a we get a nice little bow tie close up. It's very funny. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah, watching it's, Vinyl it's right cool. now on HBO, and their costumes are freaking incredible. Oh man, that is the one I need to catch up on vinyl. I have um I've been wanting it because I'm such a huge Scorsese fan and um I have not uh, watched vinyl yet, which I'm uh, sad about. I wish I could say I liked it more. Uh, I, I I musically I I think it's all over the map anachronistically, but the aesthetic mm-hmm. is cool. So <laughs> I, I, it's a mixed bag yeah. for me. But I, I can I see like why it. And we're like taking it. the yeah, cocaine so. trip down to hell with him is pretty much <laughs> wow. okay. well, that's, that's the fun part right yeah so it's always watching the <laughs> musicians go Pew! so uh, mm-hmm. my husband actually had a question for you miss tross uh which okay, i was Mr. really husband. pleased my, my husband actually asked he said his favorite found piece that you found for the fp are the belts that say have the little led signs that say jtro and Btro on them Oh, yeah. And he wanted uh-huh. to know where, where you found those because no one's – they okay. said you found them, but nobody's actually said where you found them. So Because that's a back alley downtown piece of shit. That is like mm-hmm. – it's um, – there's a place in L.A. which is just off of the fa- the fashion district called Santee Alley. Um, and at the time, there were – like, for whatever reason, that existed – so we've got those belt buckles, but they're programmable, so you can program, you know, whatever you want. So you've got the JTRO and the BTRO, um, and you'll also notice, like, when BTRO dies, it says 187 across his belt. So if you watch that ever again, um, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, oh, but, also, a- uh, but also LDub has one, too. So LDub has, like, a scrolling chain. So he's got, one, <laughs> like, a whatever his chain is, but he, he's got um, the scrolling chain too. And we, yeah, we just found them randomly downtown um, and they just take a lithium battery. You can program them. I don't know. That was it. So well, that's awesome. I just wanted to know, does any of my other sexy wishes have a, any more questions before I wanted to ask her, uh, not just about, I wanted to ask you not just about yourself, but obviously I want to know everything about you, but I also wanted to know oh about like your opinion on the Oscars this year. We were just talking about the costume nominations and how strong we thought they were, but we were all super related to Fury Road one. Um, and I was wondering if you, what, what, you know, do you had, did you have a favorite or or is there any uh, pieces you would like to attempt? Would you have you ever whatever, thought about trying to whatever. do whatever? There, whatever? I just to answer your first question. There is no fucking contest. Mad Max wins. Just mm. <laughs> right on. Yeah. I like you. Zero zero contest. <laughs> zero no contest. But it's, yeah, watching watching them uh, address Immortan Joe. You know, with the with the the clear chest piece with all the decorations and the man that, that breathing you know, apparatus I, and 
I hadn't yeah. seen, I didn't know anything about MedMax. I went in, um, we actually went as a group, no? like a lot of the vice principals people in South Carolina, because that's when it came out. And we went, it was like 20 of us, and we went to this, like, IMAX theater or whatever. And I didn't really know anything about it. I was just like, yeah, I just want to see it because it looks cool. But I hadn't really seen any trailers or anything. And it, you know, it takes, it's like, but it's the same as the FP where there's like an acclimation period. And once you get there, it's like, oh my God, strap me in. I am ready to go. This is just, yeah. just oh, fucking it was, incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. And the fact that, like, they just drop you in, which I love in films and across the board, like, anytime the film does not have to give you a backstory, I love it. Where you're just mm-hmm. dropped into the center of this universe and you kind of have to take it and figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. for me, that's yeah, what films about. I love like, that too. You know, yeah. that was appreciating that, like, that, appreciating that your audience can understand what's going on, you know, because they'll yeah. get it. You know, people are smart enough, they'll fucking pick it up. So, right. They don't have to I, push I just, it around the subject or try to baby yeah. step it for you. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. we don't, don't need have to explain blood. who this dude is. We don't have to explain who this leader is. We don't have to explain who anybody is or what they're doing. They just start doing it, and either you're on the train or you're not, and I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I, I can see why you would totally be a fan of of that <laughs> film. Uh, I, I, it's totally like, well, actually, the FP is almost a parody on Mad Max movies in itself, you know. So, no, and you love, yeah, and we love that, though, too. And, and Jason's working yeah. on some projects right now because Jason's – I'm actually leaving on Saturday to go to Australia because Jason's in Australia right now. Um with his wife, and he's got several things that they're working on because there's they're, um, some new Australian uh, filmmaker incentives. So we're, we might end up making, like, a TV series or something in Australia, which we read. That's pretty oh. awesome. You're going to be in yeah. Australia. That's awesome. Yeah. I, oh, my, have a great time with that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we actually might go <laughs> to the Outback and go to, like, the Mad Max Museum, so no big deal. <laughs> oh my goodness so th- there's like this beautiful little park in sydney go there i can forget the name of it but the re- just tell people ask people what it is they actually have fruit bats that live there wild in the middle of sydney uh so go see that while you're there uh yeah so, sydney, I've, I've only been to sydney for a few days uh i've been there once before but it is terrific because we um i don't know if you've seen it we made that film how to save us and we did that entirely uh in australia and tasmania and that was it's the yeah, most beautiful I, I, thing I, I, ever Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I have to actually, I haven't seen it, unfortunately, but I do know about it. It's like right on my pile of stuff. I have lots of stuff. You should like watch. move you it imagine. maybe closer to the top of your pile and then call me back. We'll I think I yeah. will. I, re- <laughs> I, I rewatched All Superheroes Must Die. It was actually what I did. I went back and watched that because I really love the look of the wall in that film. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, right. So I wanted, to, I wanted to look at him, and so I, I really wanted to go back and, and see Superheroes Must Die, which I think Queenie will really like, because she's a Saw fan, and so I try to explain to people, it's like superhero meets Saw. Yeah, It's funny, I'm up it. so long ago. Um, I, we were working on that. I basically had two weeks to design and produce all of that stuff um, because it was right when I got accepted. I had applied for Project Runway and they're like, okay, we're going to put you on the show. And I was like, fuck, okay. So leading up to being on the show, I was working day and night just to get all the costumes together so I could give them to Jason so that they could film that movie while I was gone. And so they filmed the entire movie while I was gone. The day that I got back, the night that I got back from Project Runway was their last night of shooting and I went to go see them. And there's like pictures of Jason and I like hugging and crying wow. is the cutest thing. But um yeah, so I honestly like haven't I, I probably haven't seen it since 
it was finished, which was maybe like six months after that. So I, I don't know. Well, it, it, it must have been like a lot of mixed emotions because I, wa- I actually watched the first three episodes of Project Runway that season. And first of all, oh, you're man. barely in it, in the edit. Like they, even the episode you're voted off, you're like barely in it, which is like so bizarre. But it seems like it's a really like nerve-wracking experience. And then they cut it so you can't really tell what's actually happening because they're trying to make heroes oh, yeah. and villains out of yeah, people. Which, which like they, they tried to make yeah. it, they, they were trying to make Gretchen look like she was the reason why you were voted off. That's yeah, which is not the case to. whatsoever. No, I know. No, and, I um, didn't think it was. And it, the and the deal is because I grew up in the entertainment industry, and because also my brother's a director and an editor and a writer and the whole thing. I know that they can take ten seconds out of what you say and turn you into a completely different entity. Um, however, I was incredibly honest with what I said, and I. I you know, I'm not there to sit and talk shit about people. I'm there to make clothes, and I'm one of the few people that was on that season and actually knew how to sew and knew how to do anything, quite mm-hmm. quite honestly. Um, but they really, I don't think, knew what to do with me. Um, so it was like, mm, maybe you're not entertaining enough. So I, and which was fine by me because I really, the behind-the-scenes situation was not definitely not for me. So I was pretty happy to be through with it. Wow. Because you were probably asking yourself, is this about producing a product product, or is this about entertainment? Well, it is, is, um, I want to say, more skewed towards entertainment for sure. Mm. Um, And just the conditions and the environment that are created uh, are created to sort of induce that sort of dramatic response from contestants. You know, they they take a lot from you. Um, You're... Even, like if the cameras aren't on, you're not allowed to speak to the other contestants. Like for me, the biggest deal was like I, I have some sleep issues and I I need like music to fall asleep. They took my iPod. They took any music from you. They take, you know, you don't have a phone. You don't have internet access. You can barely watch TV. You're pretty much lorded over every second of the day. Um, and you're like not allowed to move or speak unless there's a camera on you. And I didn't realize that that was going to be the situation. And that's a, it's a tough situation to be in. And it's really, for me, not conducive for creativity. So it doesn't sound conducive to anybody. It sounds like they were trying to make everybody crack. Yes. And that's what they try to do. And since, and since, you know, I'm, but even so I'm not going to crack and I'm not going to be dramatic and I'm not going to cry and I'm not going to do that thing. Um, I just, I don't think that I was beneficial to their final product. You know, but at the same time, it's a learning for you. experience, you know, and, and, it, it, and uh, you probably came away with it a better person in the end. I always say, no matter what you went through, everything has a reason to go through it. And, and so, because you went on to do the FP right afterwards, and clearly now here you are talking on my show. No, 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 I did, no, I did the FP. Oh. The FP, we had finished two years before it was on Project Runway. Really? So you'd already were yeah. two years, you already finished the, the FP. So you're already, yeah. the FP so the, had the project, already been filmed. Wow. The FP was already done. Yeah. Wow. That's, I must be mm-hmm. my, I, I don't watch a lot of television. So my orders are, are a little mixed up. So I apologize no, for no. that. Well, but. the FP, the FP in general, the FP took a very long time to be released. So we, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the FP was done quite a few years before it was actually released. So, wow, that's, 
you've got such an amazing thing going on. And so you said you're going to Australia and maybe doing a TV Mm -hmm. show. Do you have anything else up the pipe that we should be looking out for in the near future? Um, What do I have? I've actually, I had two projects, um, which was awesome. I had two projects that uh, premiered at South by Southwest this weekend, actually this this previous weekend. Um, One was Vice Principals, which will come out in July for HBO, which I'm, so fucking excited about um and then another was called uh it's called Anne punching the clown which is a sequel to still punching the clown um which follows this stand-up comedian henry phillips um and it's got like you know like 60 comedians in it and it's just it's just this really kind of cool independent comedy type dark comedy film and um i actually get to see i haven't seen it yet i get to see screening of it um Thursday night, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to see that. And like Sarah Silverman and Mike Judge, and there's all these different, and Jim Jeffries. Just there's a ton of comedians in it, so um, nice. that I'm excited about. Um, but other than that, uh, there's a handful of things I know. I've heard that uh, Danny is writing something else, and um, you know, there's just there's like things that are out in the ether, but I don't have anything that's like super tangible, except for we may be doing the FP when we get back from Australia, the FP too. Well, that that's what I was going to lead in for, except for there happens <laughs> your family are having a big crowdfunding campaign for the FP mm. sequel, Beats of Rage. And so uh, you want to give us a quick time frame on this and how the campaign is doing? Because I really want you guys to get as much money as you can for this. So as a matter yeah, of fact, I mean, I'm going to back your thing. movie, so... Okay. I'm gonna back. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like the FP, the FP, as you know, is so incredibly specific and so weird. Um, we have like sort of a modest crowdfunding happening right now, so we've gotten like we've gotten a pretty, pretty firm backing so far. But it's definitely like um, we need, we probably need more to keep going. But there have been conversations about like potentially splitting it into episodes, like maybe, you know, having it as a full feature, but actually releasing it as almost like um, Many like series. a Netflix-type series. Yeah. So it's like there are breaks. So you could you could either watch it as a full feature or you can watch it in episodic form where it's, you know, however many minutes per, like, per piece. So we're kind of toying with that. Um, but that's one of, that, one of the reasons that I'm going to Australia, too, is that Jason and uh, Jason's wife and I, we're all going to kind of, like, hang out and work on uh, character, a lot of character designs. So, um, because I think we're just going to kind of start, he gets back, I think, in May, um, and then I think we're just going to start with uh, pre-production and just get right into it, because um, it most likely looks like, because we might have some other investors too, and so it looks like we might start working on it uh, early summer. Congratulations. I'm so excited for everybody, the whole really cool. family. And, um, um, I mean, I, I think also... it will be awesome, and it's it's just such a weird fan base that it's like there's like you know one out of a hundred thousand people is like this is the most amazing thing and everybody else is like I hate you I want your family to die so I, I've <laughs> seen some horrid horrid interview reviews of FP don't oh, yeah. get me wrong there are oh, yeah. people that hate your movie uh, you know oh no but no no and they and they go they, so far oh. they go so far as to wanting to like murder our entire family and I'm like are you uh, what like wow. you know, Okay. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like 
it's freaky. I mean, it's freaky extreme. Like, you know, there's people yeah. like me who instantly got it. It's like Shakespeare. You're right. It takes a few moments. But once you adjust, it totally clicks in. Not that the lyrics are anything like Shakespeare, but it's the idea of the language and the beats and the cadence. You have to get used to no, it. No, exactly. You, it's like you, you have to. It, it's like it, there is that acclimation period. And if you can get through that, and once you get through it, you're like, oh, okay, I, I'm on it. I'm mean, like on the train. I must confess that I was unable to find it, so I only got a chance to see the trailer because they don't have it streaming anymore. Of the so I, I did watch, like, this extra long trailer clip of it. And to me, to me, it looked like the this kind of, like, Trey Parker, Matt Stone feel. Like, it makes fun of itself. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. Here, mm-hmm. this, is, this is the divide um, because the FP itself is – it's pretty much, it's like a middle finger to itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, is, it mm-hmm. is just. I love the, that. The way, because the way that we do comedy is like, it's the more serious it's taken, the funnier it is because it's character driven comedy. You know what I mean? It's not a bunch of fart jokes. It's not like I could name other comedians that make films and I won't, but um, it's not like fart and dick jokes. It's like, this is character driven comedy and it's like, Eight Mile, if Eight Mile were super serious, but it's 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 a comedy. Like if you if you understand sort of the references and the sarcasm, then you will you'll get the show. It's it's really just making fun of how stupid white people are. Like, yeah, I like Malibu is most wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just. But they look it's, great. It's, you know. <laughs> they look great doing um, it. See the beat beat revelation. Yeah. <laughs> like if it was Jamie oh, Kennedy, Mal- Malibu is most wanted doing Eight Mile. Basically, yeah, but yeah, but it's like, but we're not. Um, but the thing is, it the the more the better it looks, and the more serious you take it, and the fact that like it's actual real filmmaking, no matter what you know the YouTube comments want to say, and no matter what kind of flack I'm going to get after saying this, it is. Um, it's we're we're actually you know we're real filmmakers. You know, we the, no matter what you want to say, there is there is a script, there is a story, there are developed characters. Whether or not you agree with them, that's your own business. But um, there is design and direction in place, so yeah, it's it's it is a real film and it is a comedy. And a lot of people, I think, don't they don't understand that it's a comedy. And a lot a lot of the <laughs> flack that we get, it's like, oh wait, because the joke is on you, and you don't realize that you're a joke. Like we we get a, the blowback that we've had has been has been quite. <sighs> yeah. It's just been kind of unbelievable um, because it's really just. You know, it's a tiny, tiny independent feature. Tiny. Yeah. And I think a lot of people of... have forgotten how to have fun. Well, you I'm know? sure exactly. it's the same kind exactly. of blowback that, that yeah, Kevin Smith enjoyed yeah. with Dogma. You know what I mean? Or Clerks. Yeah. Or... Um, and these are, it's, uh, not it's a... like people, but people, no, but seriously, people have forgotten how to have fun. And it's like, yeah. have you seen like Big Trouble? And the era China that you're ever. emulating like, is an yeah. era of films exactly. where it was more fun. So, yeah, you know. and it's well, like where you're allowed to have fun. Where the films where it's like Honeyman yeah. in Vegas or Nicolas Cage. It's coming back, though. And too close. Like, it's it's yeah. terrific. You yeah. know, and it's, it's, it's coming just back. fun. 
And Bonnie's right about that because you, believe it or not, there are so many of us that are influenced by that film in particular because you had no budget and what you took, you stretched out and made it look great and, and had its own cadence, yeah. its own beat, its own style, and it showed that any of us, could, it gave us hope. Let's just put it that way. It gave us hope. Yeah, you we know that we can, we can produce films too. We can get these out there. And I know a lot of people that are secretly influenced by you. I was talking with them at Days of the Dead about you and, and about the FP and, and the Trost Brothers. So <laughs> we, we, all, we all watch your stuff. My daughter is watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers right now. So once again, the Trost family is raising my daughter. So uh, oh my you god, know, that's I, crazy! You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Because, yeah well, because so, our, yeah, you know that our our dad did effects on the Power Rangers for I don't know how long, but he did. It's just crazy. Uh, He's the <laughs> supervisor. He he's basically the guy that goes all like pterodactyl. That's him, right? He does that the, yeah. the lightning stuff, right? It's he so cool. he does. <laughs> he has he has every exclusive license, every weapons license, every whatever known to man. Like he's insane. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. And we, you know, and, and us, and it's so, so funny because us like growing up on the film sets of like Mortal Kombat movies, you know, which is kind of. Is, Again, some of the influence now for the uh, FP2 because the FP2 is sort of yeah, because the FP2 is going to be sort of like the quest or like the Mortal Kombat, like the big battle uh, where it's like oh the FP is only one segment, so it's going to move into awesome. like the like a new boss, a new level of segment. bosses. What's that? Oh man, like a new level Sorry? of bosses, like in a video game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I love it. I love uh, it. So it's, and so everybody, it's like everybody like, has like, a Mortal Kombat soundtrack. No one can yeah, deny so it. If like, you were of that so age, like, we all bought it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so it's going into, like, the grand tournament. You know what I mean? So it's, like, moving oh, the FP out of the FP and coming into, like, the tournament of whatever the fuck the rest uh, of the world I, I, is. So that's that's the second one in a nutshell. Oh, Miss Nut, oh, Miss Cross. I am so yeah, exactly. honored. I'm going to be great. <laughs> it, I, it, it's been so great that, that you've come on today. I I really am thankful. I was telling them earlier, There was I made a list of, of geek men and women I wanted on the show. Some I thought I maybe get a chance to, and some that I don't have ever a chance to, my wish list, right? You are number two on the list. So thank you for coming on the show. My number one was Jennifer Aspinall, the makeup artist for Street Trash, which is one of my favorite movies, which if you've never seen Street Trash, (laughs) see it. I'm serious. Street Trash is brilliant and right up your alley. So much fun. Sounds like my life. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so good. So, so thank you for being on the show, and I'm excited that you got to work for Jonah Hill and and Danny McBride, who I'm a huge fan of Danny McBride. So yeah, you guys have uh, you to know. if you haven't watched if you haven't watched the trailer, uh, check it out and definitely watch the show. It's it's coming in July on HBO. It's gonna, like it is it will it, it'll knock your socks off. It's ridiculous. Yep. Please, well, please keep I'm us in. up to date on your pre-production. I can't wait to see what's coming our way for the Beats of Rage and, and any other project you're doing. And if you ever just feel bored and want to call in, the Sexy Witches will always take a call from you, ma'am. So thank you so uh, I'm, much. I'm listening. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank you. Is there anything you want to say before you head out for the day? Uh, we're about to do our community calendar, and you can stay on. It's just me listing off stuff, but there's so much happening in the geek world that maybe you would even be interested in it. So uh, you know, anything um, else you want to I say? I have, I have no idea, honestly. Um, yeah, I just have a couple <laughs> projects coming up, and that's about it. So yeah, I don't know. Hey, you know. 
and 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 never ever ever again, ma'am, say that you're not interesting because you've been a delight on this radio. So thank you. We'll put the, uh, we'll put the crowdfunding up on our page for you. Oh, oh great. we already okay. have. Awesome. I've, I've actually featured it two weeks in a row on my community calendar. You put my Oh my god, that's terrific. Day. Well, obviously, like yeah. I I heard your I heard your sort of ducks quote. So I'm sure you've seen like the KCBC ducks situation. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. so save all... a duck, save a duck. Say, yep, save a duck. Give yeah. a fuck and save a duck. Yes, please. Exactly. Please, yeah, we cuss <laughs> on this show. We cuss on this show. Cussing's allowed. We cuss a lot on this show. So, and oh, man, thank you again, Sarah Tross, and and have a look for Vice Principals on HBO and the rest of her work, and of course the Tross family, the FP, all her superheroes must die, and a couple of new films that just dropped recently. Uh, you know, all can save us. So thank you again, ma'am, and you have a wonderful, wonderful time in Australia. Awesome. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Thank Be you. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. Yay. Bye. <laughs> We're all so geeky and happy. Oh, thank you. That was Sarah Trotter. I love Hive Mind. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. I love it when Hive Mind happens and everybody's like, woohoo, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was I, – I, I, I have no idea if, how she felt about our interview, but it was so much awesome to have her on. I'm so, and she was so – She doesn't realize yeah. yet that oh. she – well, she's so focused on what she does. I mean, even because, like, getting – because it sounds like the way she got, you know, booted from, you know, the, the fashion show this year she, that she was on, she just was kind of like – not giving into form. It's like whatever she's because like, I already have no bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I'm here to create. I got, shit. I got other I'm not shit here to, to do. <laughs> fucking drama. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, 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 I like I said, I knew she was going to be an awesome guest, and she was. Yeah. And she was great radio, sure. and I told, I totally lost my microphone. That's pretty funny. Can I do? Do I sound all right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I my microphone. I lost the pop. The can you hear me? Card. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear everyone, but it's all the pop guards missing. Okay, well, <laughs> we can hear. So, I can hear uh, you. So great. So I am actually going to go into the community calendar right now, and we only have a few minutes to do this, but there's a reason for it because we're all busy at, uh, at conventions, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. The convention season has friggin' started, ladies and gentlemen. It's not mm-hmm. going to let up until August, mm-hmm. and I can't believe how many. I I would almost think it's oversaturated a bit. It's getting it is. Um, there's so many. There's, there's yeah. so many. Yeah. And even Eardra. even when and even Eardra when you mentioned things like want to go to Chiller. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, Might be doing Chiller, Chiller in April. And is I still it Chiller have Theater Blob or Slated yeah, too. Chiller Theater. Uh, you know, Aaron and I are going to Blob Fest this year. We already have our room. Yeah. So, oh my God. Uh, I don't even yeah, know what so. Blob Fest is. There are so many, and I'm like, a, I'm no, like, you have to join us for Blob Fest. That shit's gonna <laughs> oh be God. awesome. Uh, Bonnie, go back to season one. There's an entire episode devo- devoted to Blob Fest. It's the year. It's the year oh annual, year-round recreation of the Blob Fest run out the theater oh that it was shot in in, in Phoenix, Pennsylvania. It is awesome. They have a film festival. Oh my God. And Bobby, you you love that 50s clothes. You could come as Hack Wild and dress it up in 1950s horror. You look so good. Oh my God. When I I dress her, when I dress her like a proper lady, I call her Lady Hack. It's kind of like a joke because she's, she's a, (laughs) she's a fucking monster. (laughs) So it's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even dress up. I am a monster. It's a weekend. 
but we have a room yes. in the downstairs floor monster. of the main stage, mm-hmm. which is literally a block away from the theater. And well, most, of the, uh, most of the celebrities are going to be staying there. And it is nice. going, and, and so it, it's going to be like a blast. So I'm like, people, we're going to have this room. Sexy Witness will take over mm. Blobfest. It'll be so much fun. Well, on, <laughs> on the one hand, I'm super excited that more fests are, are kind of popping up and like, I'm learning about them on the East Coast. But on the other hand, I'm like, shit, I can't go to everyone. <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah, this one's amazing because, I mean, it's like a little film festival and they have to keep within the same theme. So that, like, okay. last year they showed The Blob. It was, um, uh, what was it, Albert, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That's right. Uh, and then the Gatsby, the Gatsby, Gatsby uh, like, a, like a Johnny monster X. kid of kind Johnny of stuff. X. Yeah, so. And like uh, Creature from Black Lagoon. Yeah, uh, so it's Chris, like Monster Kid. Chris LaMattina, who, who directed Call Girl of Cthulhu here in Baltimore, won the um, the Shorty Award for Best Tour Shirt at that festival. The Shorty Yeaworth Award is actually a really, like, high honor. So it was like, woohoo! Yeah. So I had, someone I knew actually got one of those awards. So Bloodfest is its own thing. It's a lot older than some of these cons. But, yeah, there are so many. But cool. let's get into it right now. Here comes community calendar music. Get out my community calendar bag. Oh, the fuck is heavy today. <laughs> oh, my God, is it heavy. All Lift right. it. Lift it All like right. Krampus. All right. Let's see what's in it today. Let's have a look. Okay. So, first on the list, we have some festival screenings and film festivals to talk about. Um. These are some smaller ones, but have a look out. In, on um, March 18th, so this weekend, uh, Will Kupner, who used to be the um, owner of Horror Yearbook, which is a really nice website that was around doing horror for a while, he started a film series at Cinemug Coffee House in Philadelphia, and they're having their next screening. Charlie Band gave him, a cop- gave him permission to screen Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl of Rama. So if you want to oh, have some coffee and watch a cheesy Charles Band, Band film, you said. Yeah, in Philadelphia. Definitely. I, it's a I like me some Charles Band. Cinemug is a cute little coffee place. It's a coffee shop devoted to film, and you can rent movies, and there's VHS collectors. It's really cool. You'd like it a lot. Yeah. So check it out. I've um, been, re- I've been three- revisiting my full moon era lately, so that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. That that subspecies cool. is my favorite. <gasps> oh, girlfriend, give me hugs. Yes. Mm. Oh, I love you. I'll it. <laughs> All right, so I know I love live cross-country. Erin, well. this is in your neck of the woods. Are you ready? Erin, on the West Coast, okay? Down in San Diego, our the person who's called in before, uh, Beth Accomando from KTBS down in San Diego. She also hosts um, – it's called Film Geeks at the Digital Gym. It's a film series, and they have just started a Hammer retrospective. And this Ooh. weekend is she is hosting Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed, which is absolutely Ooh. one of my favorite werewolf movies. Oliver Reed, so I love that movie. I, yeah, okay. so, uh-huh. so that's a, so that's my choice on the West Coast that way. Uh, yeah. Now for a a cla- if you want to go to a classic. Film festival, not genre, not anything specific, but a film festival with good selections, good movies, and you don't. The Chattanooga Film Festival is about as good as you can get, and that starts on 3:31. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 
great town. I went there for the first time last year. was really impressed how arty it was. I didn't expect that at all. Tennessee, it's middle of nowhere. You don't expect it, and then there's this beautiful city there. Uh, and they have a great lineup of independent films, and their After Midnight series is good, but even better is their music lineup. Their music film lineup is off the chain. So I highly recommend, if you want a classic old-school film festival, the Tavis Music Film Festival in um, in Tennessee. So that's on the 31st. So uh, Now, another small screening, and here's another one. Uh, for people on the Southland, we have in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, my friend Kevin Cole is having his fifth anniversary of his film series, The Trash Cinema Collective, which has been around for a long time, and I'm so happy, and you can go see their, they're having their fifth anniversary. He even got married during one of these screenings, okay? That's how devoted he is <laughs> to, to these screenings. Uh, it's the fifth anniversary that the Birds Aphrodisiac Oyster Shack in Tallahassee and their screening pieces from 1982, the classic yeah. faster film, which, which is a, I, I recommend that film every time I'm on the show pretty much, it seems like, because I recommended it last week too. So, uh, so pieces, so go see pieces if you have never seen it. If you want to see something stupid and flasher, but fun pieces is about as good as you can get. I mean, it's exploitive. It's, gross we all love it so i i highly recommend pieces and it makes great t-shirts where pieces t-shirts gives you total cred so um, um i think now, the only better here. visually would be curtains because it has she has the meat curtains around her like the little doll you know little doll girl oh yeah the, the uh. curtains doll she's really <laughs> creepy i made i i made a gift out of that doll once in the rain yeah and it's all very vaginal around her yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. It is. So, Very overly <laughs> So here's where it gets interesting. Media convention season, which, of course, we obviously are very active parts of this. Every single one of us is mm-hmm. on the air right now. Um, shit ton of them happen. And, and we have what we were talking about preview, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, so this weekend, starting at 317, the Trans World Holiday and Attraction Show starts in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, this is more of a business-type convention, but it's a lot of fun because it's the World Haunt Association. So it's the haunted house people from all over the country selling their new technological geeks to scare the crap out of you, blood effects, nice. anything you want you to walk through. So that's in St. Louis, Missouri. They always have a decent horror movie lineup on the side. It, it, it really is a great convention if you want to geek out and see some classic Halloween scares. I, I can't recommend it enough. Now, um, here on the sci-fi tip in 318 in Huntsville, Maryland, which is also known for a lot of good horror and uh, conventions in the area, uh, is going to be the second annual Regeneration Who, which is uh, one of the first only devoted to Doctor Who conventions in this country. And the headliners are the fifth and sixth doctors. So if you ever wanted to see Colin Baker live, last year Tom Baker called in the fourth doctor um, via mm-hmm. satellite, but we haven't got him here. Now, here's the big thing. Awesome Con's got Peter Cabaldi. So we actually in D.C. are also in June getting the sitting Doctor Who here. So we're all excited. We're huge geeks. You know, we're Marylanders. We're a bunch of nerds. So Regeneration <laughs> Who 2 in Huntsville, Maryland. I recommend that. Now, the rest of us, if we had our money and could afford it, even though I know that Bonnie is going to Cleveland. Wizard World. So the, the cinema Wasteland. Wizard World, Philadelphia. Yeah, well, there's also Whore Hound starts this weekend. And uh, Whore Hound in Cincinnati. And that's always a big, big big big-ass lineup, always. 
uh, I know. Um, One of these years. John, uh, this year, Carl Hampton's really on a good convention, oh my too. It's good. Uh, all my peeps are all my peeps are harassing me that I'm not going this year because last year I went with, oh, like the the things that I wear are made by um, horror show Jack Thing Smith. He's a fantastic vendor, fantastic guy. He does them right on the spot if, if if he has the time. And I went with him last year. He brought me with him to to horror to horror hound. So this year I'm not going to be with him, so I'm sad I won't be able to attend, but it sounds like a blast. Well, well good news is it's from Elvira at, at Days of the Dead. So, uh, But if, you, if you're listening to the show and are considering meeting Cassandra Peterson or not, go do it, because this is her unofficial retirement run. She's actually talking about giving yeah. up Elvira. So she, she yeah, was she pretty is. definite. She she very she sounded very final about it when we were talking with her at, at Days of the Dead. Yeah. So if you've ever wanted to meet Elvira, I would say go if you have a chance to. So um, and um, the other headliner is Don Berthnell, who's going to be the Punisher in the new Daredevil series, which is the reason why you want to watch Daredevil. And of course, mm-hmm. he's in The Walking Dead. So, but I what I love is there's going to be a Shiny reunion, which is awesome. But there's also going yeah. to be a tribute a tribute to Ted White who was the original Jason Voorhees, and this is his very last convention. So a lot of people Aww. come out of the woodwork, and they're going to have a big panel and reunion of a bunch of slasher people that worked on Friday the 13th, and they're going to give him a, a, a sweet goodbye. And I think that's very that's touching. That's really cool. So, that is. So that is very what, nice. Horror Hound Weekend is going to be awesome. That's in Cincinnati, Ohio, on March 18th. And it keeps on going, ladies and gentlemen, on the 20th. I think they're oh. Oh, go ahead. Horror Hound also represents indie a lot. I've been hearing um, some their programmers are pretty good. They have um, Jason for very very underground indie horror. They have Jason Cook's Pigpen this year, so yes, I'm excited do. about that. Yeah, it was just music think- by Paul Joyce. And if anyone's heard Paul Joyce, this guy, I swear, I call him like he's 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 just amazing. He can do anything. He can do any any style. He's great. And um, Jason Cook, um, for people who don't know, he did Seventh Day like a, a year or two ago. So, yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, Horror Hound is always a good treat. But, you know, you're going to Cinema Wasteland, which is almost as good, if not, or equally as good, I should say. So they're oh, both it's just great different. They're all just different. They're, just diff- they're all just different. Yeah, they're just different vibes. Yeah. So this one is one of my favorite vibes. And I've some, I have never actually gone to this convention, and someday I'm going to. And it's the Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival in Nashville, Tennessee. That's on 325. Oh, cool. And it's exactly what it sounds like, a room full of tattoos and horror groups just mingling Ooh. and that's what it is there's a film festival there's media guests well, Cincinnati, so, uh, yeah, Cincinnati was, has tattoo festival too yeah they have but this was this is an entire convention of tattoos though this is like a huge thing so you know oh, so, uh, Nashville Tennessee so uh, and then we have two more two more conventions and they both are on April 1st and they're big ones that's why I have to mention them spooky empire in Orlando Happens, oh, which is always huge, and the headliner this year is fucking Alice Cooper, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah and then there are also a shit ton of kaiju represented from Japan going to be there, and Toho Studios, which is nice. And uh, there's going to be a Dream Warriors reunion, which is pretty, you know, you know, it's Dream Warriors. So Ooh, and of course, Heather no, Lambert is yeah. part of Wolf that. Craven is yeah, being trotted so. out a lot this year. Yeah, but I want I would want them to have yeah. Doc, I would want them to have Doc in there. Come on. <laughs> oh well, yeah, I would too. Uh, now they want to, this one's close to Aaron in L.A. and you might want to think of going on April first is Days of the Dead Los Angeles, 
which uh, right. which is the sister one, and their headliner, like ours, was Tobin Bell from Saw. But you also get Feruza Balk, which she doesn't make mm-hmm. con appearances very often. Aww. So so that's a good chance. But I also yeah. want to make sure if you go, you have to give shout-outs to these people. And Bonnie's going to shout-out with me. Jason Hoover, Billy Pond, Stephen Byro, Bobby Easley are all also going to be at Days of the Dead Los Angeles. And those are the boys I met at Days of the Dead Atlanta, the indie filmmakers. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Billy Pond is going to be on my show talking about Circus of the Dead, which is going to release in May, and he'll be on that show for that. And then um, Bobby oh, Easley, is go- he's going he's gonna to come on the show in August for our animated August segments, and he's going to talk about soft animation because he made a soft animated film that premiered at Days of the Dead. And it sounds like they're going to also play at Los Angeles. So there's some things to look forward to, uh, horror geeks in Los Angeles. So all of that, including to the Wasteland, is on the 1st. Of, of of April. So we're just like full on season. But that's the end of my media con list. I could go into more stuff, but we're right out of time, ladies and gentlemen, because I wanted to make, because the Sarah Trost interview ran long in and, and all the right ways. And I'm so excited mm-hmm. about that. But just remember, though, there are some big gig theatrical stuff coming out. And that includes, um, don't forget, uh, Divergent, if you care about that. The new Richard Linkletter movie, Everybody Wants Some, is coming out soon. And, of course, The Elephant in the Room, Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman. I was going to ask you which one, because I was going to be like, wait a minute, bitch. You said there was an elephant in the room. (laughs) I'm excited for that shit. I I'm always reticent when it comes to Zack Snyder. I had I didn't think that the last what I what I do is I prepare I prepare myself for Zack Snyder. I have a Zack Snyder filter and I put that on and I I take what he has to give me and the rest of it is just ah eh, that's Zack Snyder. But yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know. We'll see. I, I, Sometimes I, I, I can I, do I, that with people. I have complete faith in Ben Affleck. Absolutely, 100% faith in oh, Ben yeah. Affleck. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be... Have, how does everyone feel about Ben Affleck uh, being Batman, huh? I have uh, 100% Daredevil? faith he can pull it off. I like Ben Affleck. 100%. I think he's cute. And he's going to do it fine. Hmm. Uh, Aaron's being Yeah, what? I think he's cute. Aaron. <laughs> the other oh, Aaron, which one of us? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The male Aaron. <laughs> the male Aaron. Aaron says, yeah, I remember Daredevil. So, you know... I'm open-minded. I mean, I'm very Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was amazing as Deadpool, but I mean, Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. happening. That's happening. Party time. I guess that, that that was my music telling me that time's up, ladies and gentlemen. We got to go, but don't forget... If you also got I Saw the Light with Tom Hiddleston as Hank William Cedar, and we also have Don Shields as Miles Davis and Miles Ahead, all coming up in the future. And I will post all the rest of our DVD and instant Netflix picks, which there's quite a few of still, uh, on our website, always under the heading Community Calendar. I wanted to thank Bonnie and Erin from the West Coast for calling in. Oh, well, definitely a huge thank you to Sarah Tross for uh, calling on the show. It was a great honor on so many levels to have her on, and I can't wait what, to see what she's going to do in the future. And someday she's going to be up on stage winning an Oscar, and I know that. She's going to be like, what the fuck am I doing up here? And we're all going to be like, yeah! Woo! You know? <laughs> yes, and, and you're going to be like, yes, I stalked her first. Yes! 
Because she seriously doesn't realize how awesome she is at all. You can tell she has no, no clue. She's so candid and fabulous. It, 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 you, there's a reason why she was number, she was on the top of my geek list. There really was. So mm-hmm. thank you, Miss Toss, for being on. And thank you, my sexy witches, Queenie. Feel better. Congratulations on the press passes to Crypticon. Erin Marie, congratulations yeah. on going to see George Takei. Yes. And everybody. Oh Everybody have fun. Oh my. Have fun at all of your conventions. We'll be back in three weeks on April 5th with the recap of Cinema Wasteland to see if I actually got the Jennifer Aspinall interview or not. And, oh, the uh, pressure. And a preview <laughs> of the new Harry Potter universe at Universal in Hollywood. I'm actually going to have someone call in, Kelsey Zukowski, who is going to the staff preview the weekend before. So uh, we'll give you a call. She's going to call in. So that's April 5th. And we'll, Goodwill Film Hunting and Blessed Be, we're going to leave us at with some wonderful FP Strong track. Have a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, all, everybody. Night. Night. Blessed Be.